My name is Ashley, and this is Let's Talk Dispatch. I do. You're going to do it. Do it really well. And I believe the world needs more dispatchers. So on this show, with the help of my guests, we will educate, empower, and support the heroes behind the headset. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode here on Let's Talk Dispatch with me, Ashley, the Raspy Dispatcher. We are hitting into the holiday months. Uh, it is November when we are recording this episode, and I hope you all got through your Halloween shift. Um, I know the world probably doesn't consider Halloween to be a weird one, um, but in the Dispatch Center, I, I equate it to be a very weird shift to work. Uh from everyone running around in their costumes to just uh, traditionally doing weird stuff on All Hallows Eve. So hope you guys all survive that and are looking forward to hopefully some time off during the holiday season. My guests today are no strangers to the Raspy Dispatcher platform, being some of my earliest guests on this show and honestly some of my biggest supporters. Even before we met in person, they've been writing for me and the Raspy Dispatcher, and I can honestly say that I am forever grateful to these two for their support, their influence, and the kick-ass work that they're doing for dispatchers all over the place. Without further ado, I'm going to bring on my guests, Ryan and Cassie. Hello, everybody! Hi! Hello! (laughs) Hi, guys! (laughs) Hello, Raspy. To see you folks virtually. I feel like it's been so long since we've seen each other in person. I know. When you were down here for training last. Yes, yes. I think that is the last time we saw each other. Um, Uh, I saw you in Texas at Nina. Oh, yeah, it was. I guess that was after that, huh? You know, time flies when you're busy. Um, Like I know you two folks are. (laughs) Extremely, extremely busy on the circuit, in the conference circles, um, and I know, like I said in the intro, both of you have been on my show in the past, but for the folks who may be hearing from you for the first time on this platform, maybe we can in- introduce ourselves a little bit about your journey and what you're doing now um, in the dispatch world. Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Ryan, and I am a retired police dispatcher. Uh, I did about 12 years of total service in local law enforcement in Southern California, where I live. Uh, Most of those years of service uh, were, was as a dispatcher. Um, I retired in 2013, left the comm center and went to the public sector of, uh, um, pardon me, the private sector of the public safety world, primarily in like training roles. So um, currently I serve as the outreach director for the 911 training Institute uh, which is led by Jim Marshall. And uh, we are a small private company that provides different types of training and consulting services to 911 centers and other public safety agencies nationwide. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. And I, Cassie Sexton, am also a retired dispatcher here in Southern California. Ryan and I are 20 minutes apart from each other. Um <laughs> And I um, worked 14 years in law enforcement, essentially at a couple different agencies. I retired 
gosh, almost two years ago now, um, in spring of 2022. And so when we say time flies, it does. Um, I've worked in the private sector now and exclusively in wellness for first responders, initially in treatment and recovery. And then I've switched now into the tech world of wellness, um, still focusing exclusive to first responders. Awesome. And like I said, these two are all over the place doing conferences, doing presentations, doing conferences and presentations together as well. Um, And that is definitely going to be the topic that we're covering today. So let's talk about conferences, the virtual ones, the in-person ones, and why they are so important to the dispatch world and dispatchers and, you know, the frontline supervisory and so forth. So I was like, do you want to go first or am I going first? So Where do you I, start? I, have to say, I don't think I've ever managed. Oh, no, I managed three people one time. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll manage Ryan like I do in real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, except for Ryan's on Wednesdays. Like, normal. <laughs> this is normal. As you know, um, I get to be in charge every day except for Wednesdays. And then on Wednesdays, Ryan gets to make our life choices. Um, <laughs> for those that don't know, Ryan and I are real life BFF. Um, in our wellness world, uh, we this is what we're passionate about, right? We go around and teach together. Um, that's how we're be friends um, teaching. I won't tell our full story because that would just be downright embarrassing. But uh, we um, teach everything from being in the our local academy and local college here to conference circuit to um, I love doing online. Ryan does not prefer that. And I'll let him share more about that. He's the in-person exclusive person and I'm the I'll do everything in between. Uh, I think it's super important, one, to share any knowledge that you can, but also because it gives you an opportunity to network with other people while you're out at these events. Um, that's a separate situation. But as someone who didn't used to teach at these and I was just an attendee, I first started going to these because I was tapped on the shoulder and asked to share my story initially. And at first I was like, me? Like, are you sure? I was a little so left, did you mean to touch them? Or <laughs> I was like, I was just raising my hand in class trying to like connect with other people and helping them know that there are resources out there for first responders, right? Like I was just trying to help people know. And then next thing I know, here I am showing up to the next class, sharing more than just my story and actually sharing knowledge. And then that turned into more and then consistently and then a job. And then Mm. next thing you know, I'm putting papers in for a conference. And boy, was that scary. Yeah. And I also took me a while to realize, like, I have something to say, which can be very scary for some people. But boy, do I. And so does everyone else. Like, there's everything to talk about, everything from basic dispatching skills to wellness to tech to I, there's so many tactical skills. Like, there's so many supervisor leadership. Um, there's so many things out there that we can talk about and we need to talk about. So if you have a special skill or if you want to share something, court testimony, mm. 
why are we not talking more about that? Because <laughs> <laughs> we try to dodge it like the Matrix. <laughs> yes, if we speak it. about it, we might get a summon. We don't totally. Like, yes. no. oh, actually, yeah, let's not. It's like Baltimore. Like, when we don't say his name. Like, right? You know, like, he who shall not be named. But, you know, it's funny. My my supervisor has worked at this department for like 25 years or something like that. And they got summoned to court <laughs> for the first time, like last month. And there was no uh, 911 call recording. There was only the cat call. And they were simply like, what do you want me to test? I can't even go back and listen to refresh. And they were just like, oh, well, we need you to come in. And it was a uh, questionable uh, experience for her, but it's because we don't do it that often, you know, and when it happens, we freak out a little bit because we haven't had that experience, you know? Totally. And I think that's what's so valuable. Like we had a DA come to our last SoCal CEPRA, which is what we call our SoCal APCO meeting. Mm-hmm. And they expressed like how important it is and valuable for dispatch to come and kind of what to expect. And I've been unfortunately victim of being subpoenaed (laughs) and at first you're like did I do something wrong and then you realize no like it's not it's not that it's just that they it to some value like they just subpoena anyone and everyone that they can attach Mm -hmm. to a case and you come in and sometimes it's as simple as going hey like yes I just took that call that's my voice to sometimes you're up there for 30 minutes just like an officer or whatever and that's Mm -hmm. a rabbit hole that we can go down a different day but my point is like those conversations are valuable to have. And so those people that are at those conferences, like they should know them. And one of our other good friends in Missouri just did a session. I'm going to totally blast her out here. Did a session on what happens when someone falls into a silo bin. (laughs) And I was like, I sat through the session and we don't have those very, at least not here in SoCal, maybe out in the inland, but like in NorCal and Central Cal, like, in the farming areas. Yes. And so to me, Mm -hmm. I told her after that, I'm like, that's so valuable. Mm -hmm. And so for someone who has these special knowledge, has such special knowledge or something unique, put it out there. Before we continue, we wanted to take a moment to thank our partners at Prepared. You can learn more about the awesome support and technology Prepared provides to first responders by heading to prepared911.com. Partners like Prepared help to continue our mission of supporting, empowering, and educating the heroes under the headset. You can learn more about our resources and partnerships by heading to theraspydispatcher.com. Now let's get back to the show. So, so, so true. I mean, and I think that's the hardest part, right? Even if you're just going as an attendee is like taking a leap, being willing to sit and make those connections. Because when you do attend these conferences, you make so many connections. You meet so many people and you do learn some things that you wouldn't be exposed to. One thing that I'm always really interested in listening to folks talk about is when they're dealing with weather like tornado responses or, you know, all these things that we don't really see in California. We don't deal with like extreme weather the way they do in the Midwest and or like out in Alaska, you know. Um, so you, there's always something to learn at these conferences. Has that been your experience, Ryan? Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, it has. And the I think that's one of the beautiful things about it is just the wide variety of people who come from different backgrounds, different education levels, different experiences, different levels of training, different agencies. We got big agencies represented, small agencies, urban agencies, rural agencies. Conferences provides that theater for everyone to come together. And we all do the same job, but we do it differently in different places. And learning some of those differences, I think, helps you best learn how to optimize operations at your own shop Mm -hmm. because you can learn how you know an agency on the other side of the state is handling the exact same kind of calls Mm -hmm. and how that's working for them and how that might work at your place but then also you know it also refines the skills of individuals not just agency operations but individuals right Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that Cassie and I love doing and is speaking on is like stress management, resilience, wellness, peer support, which is more directed towards, you know, individuals and helping dispatchers as individuals, mm. you know, implement those skill sets into their own lives, not just to make them better dispatchers, but also just to make them better people. So when you attend a conference, your exposure to to all of that and meeting all the different types of people is really what can make it a a life-changing, career-changing point in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's true when you speak to the fact that, like, we're developing the individual dispatcher, you know, because I come from, like, sports background and, like, we all have a role a role to play on our team in our department, right? And we all have a special skill set. And when we really hone in on the things we're good at, we teach the folks around us and we bring everyone up, you know, a certain level. You know, if I'm not the one who's shooting, if I can be really good at passing, you know, then we're all going to get together and really dominate you know, warriors, um, and (laughs) successful (laughs) as a team. Um, so it does speak to like really focusing on bringing that education to your individual self, because it's gonna, um, spread to your comm center, right? The things that you learn, the way that you do things, the information that you bring back from these uh, sessions. Oh, you and I love the sports analogy. You you guys are weird. No, because I think, so uh, you're a basketball player. If we take those five people you have on the court at one time, do we make Mm -hmm. all five better at the same time? Or do we work individually player by player based on their position? Mm -hmm. And then once you've done that, then organically you've made the team better, even though that wasn't your intent from Mm -hmm. the beginning. So mm-hmm. it, it's interesting how that also comes to play in, you know, the emergency response system. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think culture is the same way, right? We don't come in expecting to change the whole culture of the department overnight. It mm-hmm. usually starts with one person and then you change one per- person at a time. And the next thing you know, I call it catching fire. But next thing you know, one match has lit another match has lit another match. And then you have a whole brush fire in the best way. Yeah. But is usually a trend like that. And I also think of it this way when we talk about teammates, uh, it's the same thing, puzzle pieces. I'm a sports fan too, but it's hockey instead of ducks instead (laughs) of basketball. But it's like, I always love when patrol comes in and they're like, I can never do your job. Mm. And I'm like, that's right. 
<laughs> in the flip is I don't want to do their job either. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I sure as heck don't want to be a firefighter. Yeah. Like it's I'm hot. not going to be climbing it's any ready. ladders mm-hmm. with all that gear. Like it hurts my back just thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, thanks. Not <laughs> any fires. No, thank you. So like, I, I just think like, we all have a piece of the puzzle. That's a bigger picture, right? That's not the puzzle to contribute. Some of us work better on the radio. Some of us are better phone. Like I'll never forget, like looking at some of my partners on the phone and I'm like, man, if I could have the patience that she has, <laughs> I would be that perfect dispatcher. Right. But I can't like, mm-hmm. I just was not that patient, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I had other skills that that dispatcher didn't have. Mm-hmm. Like I was the, the detective, right? <laughs> but they didn't want to do the digging. So, like, everyone has their secret squirrel skill set that they're mm-hmm. bestowed with. That's true. Con- conferences is is an opportunity that brings all of those people together in the same place. So, mm-hmm. if you're a frontline dispatcher uh, watching this or listening to this, you know, please take advantage of the opportunities that organizations and entities make available for uh, in a conference venue for 911 telecommunicators, public safety professionals, both from the public government side and the private sector to all come together in one mission mindset. Mm -hmm. It's true. And, you know, Cassie, you said um, in regards to um, the fire catching and and changing um, the environment of the dispatch center, the culture changing experience and i think what's one thing that maybe we miss sometimes in that is being a part of it and watching it shift like we used to call it um when we were playing like being a part of the magic like people are on the outside watching you do this amazing thing and they want to touch it and they want to be a part of it and they want to you know and be be a part of that that culture change but being it's tough right it doing the work inside of these centers, you know, bringing this information back, implementing those changes and trying to get that first fire to start is super tough. But once it ignites and being a part of it spreading, being a part of the magic happening, you know, another sports reference, being able to turn, you know, losing by 20 to winning by 20 and really being a part of that whole experience is really life changing, right? And it can all be done by like just a bunch of little individuals coming together with their own knowledge to make that happen. And sometimes I think you feel like, and I felt this way before. And then I know friends who are still in the calm in their calm centers and feel this way that don't like, if you watch survivor or any of those shows really like naked and afraid, the ones where they're out in nature and they're like trying to start a fire and their wood is wet or they don't have a starter kit or whatever. And it's like, they're trying to get that first match lit. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I've been doing this for three days. I haven't eaten any food and I haven't had any water and I am going to die. And you're like, <laughs> I, and then there's people like me and Ryan and you sitting on the outside going, I promise it's worth it. Just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't know when I should stop and give up. And I'm like, don't give up, keep going. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I have seen other comm centers do that where that mm-hmm. one person makes the change and then another and then another, and then the magic catches. Mm-hmm. And while it looks like fire, it's really magic. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I promise it will happen at some point. Just keep trying and don't give up. But there's sometimes where they're like, I just, man, I want to give up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. please don't give up. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're like, do you want to come work here and change the culture? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but from the outside, I will do everything I promise to help you try to change mm-hmm. that culture there. And I will. For anyone, like I will give you all the tools that I have and know of, just like we talk and do that. Any any new baby dispatcher, any regular dispatcher, retiring dispatcher, if you need help, we'll point you in the right direction of tools and resources. But yeah, it's just I know it's so hard mm-hmm. when you're sitting in that seat and you're around the toxic or the culture that isn't catching fire right away. It's like. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've gone 21 days now without water. <laughs> and caffeine. We don't do that. We don't do well no. with that. It's bad I'm going to die. <laughs> I promise you won't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, you both, in my opinion, heavy on the conference circuit. Um, Cassie, you said you got top to start telling your story. What did that look like for you folks in the beginning? How did you prepare you know, how did you get over that stage fright? How did you come up with your topic? Like, what does that process look like for you folks? A, in the beginning when you're just learning this to tell your story, and B, now when you're putting together maybe new presentations or new ideas to bring to folks. I started just the same way Cassie did. I was invited to speak at a training class based on uh, some trauma I had experienced in my career with the hope that by sharing that it would help the newly promoted supervisors who were going through this training class to then be better supervisors. Mm. So really it was, you know, it was kind of a mm, show and tell if you will. Mm. Um, So that's, it's, it's both easy and hard at the same time uh, Mm. because it's easy because, well, it, it doesn't take much preparation just for me to tell you a story about something that happened to me. Right. Mm-hmm. But but it's also hard for a lot of people because um, there's a high degree of vulnerability in in sharing what nine one one dispatchers and first responders experience in their careers on calls that have tragic endings and uh, things of that nature that have created very uh, traumatic and stressful events in our life and so having the vulnerability, the the courageous vulnerability to share that publicly um, is also hard. Not to mention, right, most people hate speaking in front of people. Amen. But I think think the easiest way to get started is not to deliver some grandoisie presentation that you Mm -hmm. created. It's just simply to tell a story. Mm -hmm. But I will caveat it with this. You need to make sure that that story has some type of um, objective Hmm. because otherwise we're just telling stories and stories in and of themselves may help the storyteller, but not necessarily the listener. Hmm. And and what I mean by that is I can get up in front of a, you know, in front of a, a group of people and share the traumatic things that happened to me in my career. And that's, you know, healing and therapeutic to me as a person who experienced that. Mm-hmm. but am I leaving my audience with some type of uh, 
objective takeaway that is going to make them a better dispatcher or a better person. Because otherwise, then I'm just up talking and telling a, a story. And I think Cassie and I, and you too, Ashley, right? Um, we've all probably been in training classes or maybe even at conferences where the person gets up and tells a story. And it almost becomes like this, um, this spiral effect of a me monster mm. where you're like, well, I once handled a TC. And then someone else is like, well, I once handled a fatal. And then another becomes person, a trauma like, Olympics. Right? Yeah. Well, mine, mine was a rollover that was completely engulfed. And then the next person's like, well, mine went off a bridge. And right. And you're like, okay, we get it. We've all experienced bad things and we can all tell stories. But at the, the end of the day, it's not the me monster of like, oh, oh which one of oh, me, me, my, I've experienced this great trauma. I want to be able to take that and turn it into some type of learning objective so that it changes the way that you do things. And so if you start your speaking career at conferences or in training classes, one of the easiest ways to do it is simply by telling a story. But at the end of the day, you need that story to do two things. You need it to challenge the way people think, and you need to touch their hearts and change the way that they feel. And as long as you can do that, then the topic in and of itself, I think, doesn't really matter. That's when you start changing lives, like Cassie has done with her story. Oh. I'll piggyback that. So I also tapped on the shoulder, right? Um, the difference was I was still active. I mm. think, right, Ryan, you were already done when you started teaching. Yes. So the reason I yeah. say that is um, when I went back to work, trauma, mine was trauma related as well. Mm. Mine was trauma story related. Um, when I went back to work, my people didn't know I was gone. And so then when I started voicing out what happened and then I was tapped on the shoulder to come speak at classes, mm -hmm. I then had to face what I went through and know that it was going to be very public and mm -hmm. that there was now no more hiding behind the screen that was anonymity mm -hmm. and that um, it was time to share and that it was going to make a difference. And I knew that and I was ready. However, then I started getting on podcasts and being very public forum. And this is before about, I want to say six months to a year before I would go part, maybe like a year before I would go part-time and start working in the private sector, double dipping. And I had already been teaching and public speaking is not, was not an issue for me. I've done that since I was a young teen and I was like comfortable being in front of a crowd and I was good with that. That's not a problem. It was more the story I was telling and how I was doing it. Mm -hmm. And so sharing that was very fresh still for me. I had just gotten back to work. Mm -hmm. And so it was a very different experience. But as I went, I grew and shaped that class. And at first it was, as I would say as well, show and tell. I was coming in as a panel, essentially sharing what my story was. It was very informal. And that grew into a class, into a session, into not just my story, but here's what my lessons learned were. Here is what the takeaways are. Here's what the resources are. Because then I became the wellness person, the mm -hmm. person who dedicated my life to finding all the resources that were first responder specific for all the peoples. And mm -hmm. so then that's when I shifted my whole session from being so forward facing on my recovery journey 
to being about the objective. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's when sessions started coming. And so like Ryan says, I would start, I call them 3am ideas. I would wake up and be like, Ooh, meditation session. Mm -hmm. Ooh, CTO burnout session. Ooh, finding your purpose and keeping it. Like things would come to me and I'd be like, that would be a great session. Or I get inspired by podcasts or inspired by being at another conference or being inspired by something else, like watching a movie. And I'm like, oh, that brings up feelings. Oh, you know what? That'd be a really good session. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or something happens in our real life and then we're sitting at Red Robin where we like to hang out. And Ryan and we're like, should we make a session off of that? And then we'll like spitball it back and forth for a while. And then we're like, it either becomes a session. Uh, public education is one of those. Yeah, that's a great one. And, you know, that session that Cassie and I deliver on like giving agencies information on how to build a public education program at their agency. Hmm. The way I came up with that is just because someone asked me if if I could give them any information or resources on how to do that. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, you know what? Actually I can <laughs> no, based on some things that I, I did earlier in my career. And then mm -hmm. you know, I knew Cassie had done some similar things in her career. And so we met for dinner and was like, Hey, let me bounce this idea off of you. What would this look like? And how could we do this? Mm -hmm. And by all means, not the most passionate of topics. Like, Compared to us sharing, uh, don't make that face. Compared to us sharing our wellness, <laughs> Ryan and I get up and we are very passionate about peer support. Like our peer support mm. panel, Ryan and I will be like, bam, 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 like the whole time. We're mm. very excited about wellness. But then we get up and we're like, this is kind of a dry topic, but here's the information. <laughs> I don't know. It is dry. No, listen, I don't know what the experience is like for you, but every time <laughs> I'm on cloud nine, and it's the best day of my life, so I'm not leaving much of an impression on you. The last but, time was great. Right? But, well, we're yeah. going to put out a poll to the listeners who have got to uh, witness this. No, don't do, that. don't do that. don't do that. Because Missouri will uh, that. Missouri, Missouri dispatchers, we, we would like to for you to submit your story about your experience in the session. Oh, we messed up no, that one one time. But that's a that's a great point is because I, th I think no matter. So if you want to get into delivering some public speaking um, at sessions at conferences, I think you have to choose a topic um, that you are on fire about. <laughs> because because otherwise like it it clearly you know comes through the delivery of the presentation because we've all sat in either training classes or we've watched videos or something where the speaker presenter is trying to teach us something a skill and we're just like man you know this train this training class on ncic right now is not creating the magic for me in my life and that's just because the instructor is like the manner in which they deliver it. And so one of the things I love is like, you know, the, the public education that we can deliver to communities and creating that opportunity. And so that's one thing I'm passionate about. And I just coerced Cassie against her will to join me in that venture. It was that red Robin, uh, what is it? Endless fries. It'll get it you every time. <laughs> Bottomless oh, fries. <laughs> but seriously, like if you have a topic or something that you like or something that catches your attention and that spark happens for you, I think that is something you run with. 
Mm-hmm. And that public education is the honestly is the perfect example. It's something that we do that's special or we did that's special that we can bring to other agencies and help them set up. Mm-hmm. A great idea to get involved if it's like your first time is if you're a worried about stage fright is doing it with a friend because then having a friend up there is really easy to uh, if you get frozen or have stage fright, you could be like, when you run out of the building, there's still someone there. <laughs> you could just be like, I'm frozen. And then you look at your friend right? and they're like, I got this. Or right? pick up. And there's been times when I'm like, I forgot what I was going to say. And then mm-hmm. we make a joke or something. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. OK. Or whatnot, because, you know, we can deliver this 87 times. And I'll be like, I know this slide without mm-hmm. even looking at it. But suddenly I have no idea what I'm saying because I'm on my eighth trip. And I'm so tired. (laughs) And I think that's something to point out, too. You know, I'm starting to put together presentations and considering uh, submitting papers, maybe next cycle. Um, (laughs) Hopefully I have an idea. I'm going to start cooking with it. Um, But I think we have to remind to give ourselves grace in these platforms as well. Right. Because. What I don't look for, what I hope people are looking for in presenters is what I look for in presenters. And it's just someone to be real, someone, not perfection. Like, I don't need you to go up there and, you know, do a backflip and really perform for me. But I, I want you to, as Ryan said, share a story and give me a lesson from it. Give me give me a takeaway. Um, you know, I want to be really impacted in that way. And sometimes that delivery is shoot, what was I going to say? And then moving forward, you know, and that's okay. And I think sometimes when we're considering getting into these public spaces, we can get in our own heads about perfection and I'm not perfect or I haven't done this before or, you know, all the all the, the self-doubting that we can do. And we just kind of have to jump off the cliff and fall and know that it's all going to work out just how it's supposed to work out and it's going to be perfect in that manner, you know? I love how you said it, giving yourself grace, mm-hmm. uh, because I think at the end of the day, uh, I'll challenge you on that. It doesn't matter if it's perfect, because mm-hmm. I have delivered sessions that were complete train wrecks, <laughs> or so I thought, mm-hmm. until after the session is over, people come up and want to shake your hand and meet you, and some of the comments and feedback that they give you in real time, or the things that they write on evaluations after, mm-hmm. you're like, Man, you know, I I thought I totally bombed this because like you said, I'm up in my head and I forgot what I was going to say. And that slide was out of order when I thought it should have been. And I just was dying. <laughs> that's, that's not always what people remember after they leave. Mm-hmm. It, it's not always what you say. It's um, how you made them feel. Mm. And so that's why the, you know, the words on your PowerPoint are moot compared to how you touch their lives. I I was going to touch on that too, because I wanted to touch on evals because with papers and with presenting comes evaluations a lot of times at these conferences. Mm -hmm. And while they are good feedback and I would just offer to people, um, take the feedback and read it as you must, but also take it with a grain of salt because um, like Ryan said, sometimes we get, we can be good presenters and solid. And for the most part, our evals are consistent. And then all of a sudden you get one from left field and you're like, holy smokes, like 
they ripped me apart. Mm-hmm. And we've all had those. And then I've had mm-hmm. ones that I was like, I trashed that. And then that was my best Eva I've ever gotten. And I'm like, were we in the same room? Was <laughs> that for my presentation? Like, I will be really honest. I went to a conference and I was the sickest I've ever been. Like Ryan had to hand deliver medicine and food to me. Like I was literally worried that I was going to die there. And I was like, can you call my mom? Like, can you call my mom? I was worried. And it was early on in my conference career. Like it was really bad. And so I, some, this early in the week before I got very sick, like this was early. I thought it was just like little sick, but I was very sick. Mm -hmm. I presented my session. I pulled it off and then I went to die in my room for the rest of the week (laughs) before we had our flight. But as I spoke, my evals that came through were the best evals I've ever had in my life. And I have them framed. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Pulls pulls them over like, and here they are. (laughs) I was like, these are my best sessions. Um, I really did get the best evals I've ever had though from that Mm -hmm. session. And I thought to myself, it was probably because I was so sick and hopped up on things and I was so out of my head that I was just myself, which just like when I was in show choir, I always did my best presenting when I or like performing when I was sick because I didn't give any Fs about anything. <laughs> but, I'm trying to get through this, mom. Yeah, I'm just trying to perform. I'll be fine. No broken bones. Um, but I offer that sometimes whoever's in the room, it just depends. And sometimes they're there and you're speaking to them and sometimes they're not. And especially when you're speaking on very particular topics, like Ryan Mm -hmm. and I speak on wellness, Ryan has had to peer support me multiple times and vice versa. And his boss, Jim has had to peer support both of us and Mm -hmm. whatever, all of us have had to peer support each other, but there's been times when I was reminded that, especially when we're talking about very particular topics, sometimes it doesn't reach people and sometimes mm-hmm. it does. So mm-hmm. for those that talk or put in very particular things, just remember that sometimes that's not the right audience, mm-hmm. right? Is that what you would say too? It, it is. And I would say anything mental health related is probably one of the most challenging topics. And that's mm-hmm. only because with all of the other hard technical skills that come with dispatching, Mm. uh, your state of mind doesn't really matter. But Mm. when we talk about like wellness, you don't know what uh, other life experiences the audience uh, has been through in their own lives. Mm. And so things you might say might actually be a a triggering moment for them where then they Mm. Experience a really strong psychological or emotional response to something that you said, and that's just based on something they've experienced in their own life. And then, of course, you know, their reaction to that and then their feedback through evaluations to you could potentially be very poor. Mm -hmm. And that's only because, man, you hit them in a in a very, very vulnerable spot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have to take that into consideration when you talk about things like mental health and wellness uh, and even peer support sometimes to, whereas if we're talking about, you know, building your public education campaign, Mm. there's no real emotional or psychological vulnerability associated with that. Oh no, That gets me real hyped, Ryan. I just, (laughs) 
I told you. <laughs> it's so Listen, I'm starting the fire women. right now. I'm starting the fire right now. This is the movement. This is the this is the foundation of it. This is the first match that lights the fire at her agency. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, but so like if you're if you're considering topics to try and submit to present on, you know, mm. mental health is probably a topic that is uh, more advanced just because the nature of the delivery, the presentation, and then how you're going to make people feel and their reactions to it uh, significantly differs from talking about other technical skills related to uh, dispatching. Mm. No, it's true. And I think that um, it's a good point that we've rounded to, um, you know, because I emailed you folks and I was like, I got our topic. We're going to talk about conferences and speaking and, and it's going to be amazing. Um, and I'm <laughs> glad that we got to the the feedback portion of it, because I don't think um, we don't necessarily th- I don't for me, I don't necessarily think about it right away until the feedback's kind of in your face, you know, and you're just kind of like, man, like, how did that how did this get to that? And it it, it does if you let it, it can really knock you down a peg and really kind of almost avert you to what you were focused on doing in the first place. I mean, I've got feedback in these virtual spaces, you know, with YouTube, with the Raspy Dispatcher, with, you know, I've had someone like ask me if I'm sick. I'm like, the channel's the Raspy Dispatcher. Where's the, where is this lost in translation? <laughs> you know, that so, is my brand. <laughs> so, um, well, Cassie, t- Cassie, you touched on it just a little bit, but maybe you can dive a little deeper. So when we as speakers get some of that negative feedback, um, what are some of the ways that you have handled that afterwards? Instead of framing them, she burns them. She <laughs> she I was going to say, am I being honest or am I being helpful? Am <laughs> um, I ordering like, a gallon of ice cream and <laughs> crying and crying and then taking a bath for five hours. I mean, that is really, no, I mean, so I'm half kidding. So sometimes I have to do like grounding because there have been one or two. And if you put that into per, like perspective, if you look at how many sessions I've done over the last three years, one or two or three, even is nothing (laughs) but in my head because i'm a recovering perfectionist perfectaholic must do everything absolutely a hundred percent one bad eval knocks me down five pegs Mm -hmm. and man when i got torn apart in april i called ryan in tears and i'm like i'm never speaking again like (laughs) i can't do this like i was like what on earth like and it was a particular conference that we both speak at and i'm like Mm. i can never speak again for them i'm embarrassed Mm. and i was like how did this even happen Mm. and so i was destroyed and i i remember saying though i'm gonna pity party for today Mm. hide in my room in the dark which i did Mm. and cry and i did eat ice cream and i did take a bath and then tomorrow Mm. i pick myself up I'm going to dust myself off and I'm going to continue on our mission. And he don't worry. He like talked me back up and like 
DoorDash with ice cream. And we have purpose. And, like, this is why we do this. This is Ryan's voice, by the way. And, like, (laughs) (laughs) that's my Ryan voice. Um, We have things. This is why we do things. And then he gave me that that coaching of like mental health is hard to speak about because we don't always reach people or we trigger them and blah, blah, blah. And I, I also remember I was triggered because people wrote on my evals that I wasn't a first responder. Wow. And I was like, that as a dispatcher, they wrote that they didn't think you were. They didn't think, and I'm like, this is California. Right. The memo that we are now first responders. Like I was. So Let's be outside. How about that? Maybe. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, we are. And I was like, mm-hmm. I like Hulk mode activated. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. my family calls me the mini Hulk and my mom, the Hulk. And like, there's a reason for that. But uh-huh. since recovery, I don't activate that very often. <laughs> so, like, that was activated. And then, but anger, secondary emotion, I was, like, so hurt. Mm. And so I was, like, oh. So I felt it for a day. Mm. And then I picked my ass back up. Mm. And I showed back up for spring. Mm. And I kicked ass, like mm. I usually do, on purpose. Woo. That's right. Because that's me and I show up for myself and I show up for my people because I know that I have a reason to be there because I'll be really honest. I'm tired of people dying. Mm. And so my purpose is to be out there because I want never to have anyone have to be in my shoes or even complete suicide. If I could, if I could control that, I would, which is not realistic, but so I show up every day to make that happen. So if I have to cry for a day because I got a bad eval, I will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So world, I'm not perfect. I need to <laughs> already know that. But so that's how I cope sometimes. That's been the worst one. That's usually not how bad they are. Mm-hmm. I usually will take the feedback, kind of think about it. Is it really realistic? Is it something that someone just didn't like my voice or tone or whatever? Um was I cussing too much? Was I really cussing too much? Or was it just one person? <laughs> right. Yeah. Last, that's like a real, that has happened. <laughs> They're like, Oh, she cussed too much. And then ever since then, I've been really paranoid about that. Yeah. And every yeah. other state has been like, that's not a problem here. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So yeah. I kind of cope a little bit on the more emotional side and take it to heart, but mm. that's okay. Mm but I still show up every day and I'm still vulnerable and I still am authentic. And that's the big part of this. Mm -hmm. And I think the showing up portion is the huge part, right? Because if that, if you allowed that review, that feedback, that evaluation to halt you and you didn't show up for the next conference, the next conference, you wouldn't have impacted those next 30, hundred thousand people and, you know, that message might have been needed, would have been missed because we allowed one negative to prevent all the positive that you're doing, right? Well, and if you want to deep dive that one layer further, and then I'll let Ryan talk, is that <laughs> those negative comments in the grand scheme of even that, like, I'll be like one bad eval for the whole everything I've ever spoke. If you mm-hmm. really look at it, it was three comments in a comments of 150 people. Mm-hmm. So was it bad? Uh-huh. But those three negatives outweighed all 147 uh-huh. people. Mm-hmm. 
or whatever, like, and then they rate you and stuff. But those comments like really stick in your brain. Mm -hmm. And same thing for other conferences, like they may rate you. Each conference has a little bit of different standards, but like the way people phrase comments and the way things they're rated and how they do things, sometimes they'll show you their comments. It's all anonymous, of course, but you'll see those things and they really stand out to you Mm -hmm. as a speaker and the good comments stand out to you. But then you see that negative comment and you're like, okay, I'll work on that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like I'll use our public education one as an example. (laughs) In Missouri, we done messed that up. What like last year, it was a little bit of a dumpster fire. And so we knew that the eval would be a wreck and it was, but it was just, it was all feedback that was constructive because we knew that we, we weren't prepared as we usually are. And then our, our presentation itself was a mess because whatever, it wasn't up on the screen. Right. And then it was like wonky and something happened, which was unusual. Usually that's not a problem. And so the whole thing was a dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. And so when we got the eval back, I'm like, valid, 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 valid. valid." And while that was the actual worst eval I've ever had, I didn't take that to heart because I was like, that was logistically true because of everything that happened in that session. Mm-hmm. I just watched that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm still recovering from those. <laughs> well, I bring it up like every time we do that session, I'm like, this cannot be Missouri again. <laughs> That's a wonderful team huddle. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. As long as it's not evals about my problem oriented. Okay, never mind. Entirely different session. No, I I, I try to. So I love all things mental health, wellness, peer support. So I very much try to stay in my lane. It's very rare that I venture um, outside of that arena. So because of that, I, I have to remind myself that, you know, if there's a hundred people in this room, you know, 99 of them could walk out of here and feel like this was the worst thing ever. What a waste of my time. Don't ever invite this guy back. But if one person um, learned something, took something away from that and figured out a way to change their mindset and implement something in their life that makes them not just a better dispatcher, but a better person, then I try to find the validation in that. And I say, then that's my job. My job is to find that one person and give that one person that aha moment Mm -hmm. that is is going to rock their world. And public public speaking in general, especially in our 911 world at conferences, should not be a popularity contest. Mm -hmm. Um, So if, if you're going there with the hopes and dreams of becoming some achieving some type of celebrity status because you spoke in front of a group of people, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You want to help those people be better dispatchers. You want to help those people be better people. And so I I think when it comes to looking at evaluations, it's important to remind yourself that, you know, not, not everyone is going to love Ryan and that's okay because Ryan is very rough around the edges. I ask the hard questions. I say the hard things And I do that because I want to make you uncomfortable because I'm trying to challenge you to grow as a dispatcher and grow as a person. Mm. And if, if that makes you uncomfortable to the point where you feel the need to give me some feedback that is not favorable, 
then I try to remind myself, you know what, that's okay. Uh, I, I can, I can live with that. And like Cassie said, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to reignite the passion I have for the same mission, uh, to do the same thing. And if I show up at the next conference next month and I just touch that one person, then, then that's that one person who's going to have a, a 30 year long career as a dispatcher. Mm-hmm. And that career is going to be uh, healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, we, and that I think is what Cassie and I, um, the passion that we share in doing some public speaking, which is funny because uh, I'm not sure that Cassie and I, um, I myself by no means um, am the most extroverted person in the world. So mm-hmm. public speaking for me is hard. Being around people, surrounded by new people, and shaking hands and interacting with those people mm-hmm. is draining for me. Mm-hmm. And so, don't think that you know just because we're up there doing it and we make it look relatively easy that it is, because it's not. Mm-hmm. It is not. Mm-hmm. But circling back to looking at those evaluations, I think I think that's the the bigger picture that you have to try and keep in mind when when looking at that. And it's important to have those people in your life afterwards that you can go to. And I think Cass, Cassie and I are definitely that person in one another's life mm-hmm. because I will show that eval to Cassie and be like, Hey, this person said this, like, what do you think? Uh, you know, do I need to change the way I say something or change the display of my PowerPoint or, or what it says? Because if these are valid points, then it's constructive criticism and I need to know. Right. Community oriented dispatching, for instance, (laughs) (laughs) that session we have like massaged out for months and months and months after evals and evals and evals. But then Mm -hmm. like other sessions that I know I could, Ryan and I could probably do each other's sessions, to be honest. (laughs) We've worked hand in hand together. Don't roll your eyes. I saw that. (laughs) Our sessions together apart whatever but like so it's easy when you have a person like that or a friend a trusted friend or whatnot and we have those in the industry right i know Mm -hmm. ashley's a trusted we have other friends in our circle that we follow each other from conference to conference in the Mm -hmm. circuit that i can look at them and be like hey you sat in on my session what did you think like what do i what's the feedback and like get an honest feedback from them Mm -hmm. and that's so important yeah yeah. And, you know, it's also challenging for you and I, because um, when we do this, we're not just representing ourselves. We are employees at companies we represent. So mm-hmm. aside from going to you as my personal dear friend, I need to go to my boss. Mm-hmm. So I need to go to Jim Marshall and say, hey, I delivered this session at this conference and a few people had some choice things to say. Let me show you the PowerPoint that I used and let me talk you through how I delivered the session and tell me what you think because mm-hmm. I am representing the 911 Training Institute. Mm-hmm. And if you're a dispatcher and your name and your agency name is listed as the speaker you know, of a session that's being delivered at a conference to a degree, you are also representing your agency, right? Mm-hmm. So I think having those people at your agency or in the private sector at your company, whoever your employer is, having those people as well give you the professional feedback um, as a representation of that entity is important. Mm -hmm. And if you are being tasked as that person to provide the feedback, how taking that as such an honor 
and providing that feedback. Like if I'm coming to Ryan or Cassie and I'm asking them to look at this, that, or whatever, I'm wanting honest feedback. I don't want someone to just tell me what I want to hear, make me feel good. Like, no, let's poke holes in my theory. Let's, let's, you know, let's improve whatever this is that I'm presenting you because I'm being vulnerable going to you, right? I'm opening myself up to that criticism and I'm trusting you to provide me that feedback. But if I show Ryan and Cassie something and then like, it's great. And then I take it out there in the world and it's a pile of garbage. I feel real disrespected by writing gas. I'm like, hey, I, I asked you guys and you said this is amazing. And then I took it out there and the 100% feedback was garbage, you know. So like being the person you're coming, being come to to ask those questions. I mean, do give that feedback. Just give honest feedback. And, you know, Ashley, Ashley, let me ask you really quick, because you're the only one of us that is still uh, working as a dispatcher at a public safety agency. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's different for you um, trying to submit a session to speak at a conference because you represent your agency, which is a government public safety agency, compared to Cassie and I in the private sector? We work for private companies. She could represent her private company, though. Mm -hmm. But I, I think there is, like as Ryan says, at, at a certain point when um, people, for example, my chief actually came in and was like, I was at a conference. Someone found out that I was the chief here and they were praising you and what you're doing with the Raspy Dispatcher. So because I do still work for that agency, it always somehow comes back. Right. So I do think when I'm speaking, even on these platforms, when I'm considering topics to talk about, I definitely do still, I'm very vigilant in, you know, the stories I tell and the things I say because of that as well. It's dual for sure. I just was making sure that he and, you know, like you can put in as obviously the raspy dispatcher. Oh yeah. I always go raspy dispatcher first. Cause like <laughs> when I was, when right I, was I. Right I, like, I, was putting in as private sector, but mm-hmm. I still, that was a hard thing to do is that I still represented my private sector job, but I still, in oh, some yeah. ways, that's right. That was the hard part. Cause you were, you were still a working dispatcher at the time too. Oh, yeah. Right. So when I was starting it, when I started at conferences and started speaking at the Academy and everything, I was representing both essentially mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I was re- representing myself, but because I was both, it it got a little muddy in the water sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so it, it could be your topics are likely very different from mine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. going out and doing what I was doing muddied the water a lot. So the fortune cookie answer is if you're a dispatcher watching this, find opportunities where you can go speak. But before officially submitting to do that and committing to anything, I think you want to have the approval and sign off of your uh, respective agency. Mm -hmm. We always said like in sports or whatever, when we were giving the Friday night speech to, you know, the college kids going out on the weekend, it's like you're always representing the team. Right. Like no matter if you're not wearing the uniform, no matter if you don't have a game that weekend, if you get caught up in some stuff like it's going to get back here. We're going to hear about it. They're going to find out that you're a part of this program and it's just full circle. So how you can conduct yourself out there in the world, you know, 
you want to have that realization, you know, and us, and for me, like we're in law enforcement, I'm in law enforcement specifically, you know, there is a whole debate on law enforcement and, you know, being transparent and growing and learning. And one thing we don't want to do is be a part of knocking that back, right? Is going out into the world and, you know, the headline's going to say, you know, nine uh, police dispatcher. It's not going to say, you know, anything else. And that's kind of the, the way we should operate. Now, that doesn't mean that we uh, are, should be afraid to go out there and speak because we work for departments or things like that. No. But we just have to have the knowledge that, you know, we are representing our public entities. And, you know, um, we talk about it all the time as a dispatcher, you know, you talk to this person on the phone and that might be their only experience with the whoop de whoop police department. And now it's a negative one. Like we don't want that, whatever we're putting out there into the world, we don't want it to leave a bad taste in the mouths of the public for the agencies that we're representing. Well, and to be honest, like, I guess when you signed on the dotted line, right? Like we signed nights, weekends, holidays, blood, sweat, and tears. You're like, I did not. (laughs) Right. Firstborn. I don't know. Like, I don't, I didn't read the paperwork. (laughs) All of the things. And then I won't, um, ours was like no tobacco and other shenanigans afoot, Mm -hmm. like won't misbehave, uh, Mm -hmm. follow policy, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And so like, you represent your agency in a good light. Mm -hmm. So the way I see it is follow policy and you're good. Mm -hmm. Now I will say retired, retired, whatever. Like, and I use that in quotes because like I'm young still. And (laughs) just kidding. Um, But like I left my agency and I'll be really honest. Like I'm not a part of that agency anymore, but hear me out. I still am in a form of representation of them because I guarantee that as I'm out across the country, while a lot of people probably don't know that agency here in California, they sure do. Yeah. So as I'm speaking across California or doing my presentations or whatever, and they see pictures or they meet me or whatever, a lot of the dispatchers, especially who have seen me at Golden West or seen me do CIT or seen me at Calmina or APCO or whatever, they know that I'm connected to that agency. Mm-hmm. Now, I live my life accordingly to police policy still because I try <laughs> to make good choices and a, I'm a good citizen. However, if I were to go out today and make bad choices and act up at a conference and be like totally smash, shammered and make bad choices, mm-hmm. yeah, they would be like, oh, her, they aren't going to be like her at Mindbase. It's not like someone at, in the private sector. They would be like, also, she's a former whatever, blah, 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 dispatcher at mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah's agency. And I guarantee you that I'll get back to my chief. Oh, yeah. And oh, so yeah. I try to remember that, well, yes, while I am retired. And I don't work there no more. No more. I still, in some ways, do represent the agency because people know. And so mm-hmm. I feel that I kind of do hold myself to that standard still. And maybe that's a mistake and maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a therapy conversation for next week. I, don't <laughs> I definitely don't think it's a mistake. I mean, we are products of our environment and how we were raised and the things, you know, I no longer work for the Sacramento police department, but I'm always representing them. I'm always giving kudos back to them. And, you know, their training process is definitely one of the big reasons that I'm doing this whole 
whole all this nonsense. And, you know, we're always, you know, giving odes to the folks that help mold us for good and bad reasons, right? Um, all those things pour into who we are now and how we represent, you know, those agencies and um, our companies and so on and so forth, especially in these conference uh, situations. Yeah, I can't, and supplementing what Cassie said, though, too, I think conferences, because you get people from all different regions, parts of the country coming together, it can have that party feel sometimes. <laughs> what? Yeah. We're here to get educated. Feel. And learn people <laughs> together, and when alcohol is a flowing, uh, people can make bad decisions and choices, no matter who you are. And so, I, I think what? you do definitely have to walk in to that event with the mindset that yes, I'm all representing my agency. I am here to learn. Can I meet new people? Can I have fun? Yes, absolutely. But uh, you know, I there are also those professional standards I want to live by. Because guess what? In 2024, I want my agency to send me back to conferences again. <laughs> so like last time we said, Ryan, he went to the open bar, didn't go to one session. <laughs> we're not, we're not sending him back. Exactly. So I think it, it's important to remember conferences are a wild time fun. Yes. But it should not be written off as an opportunity to uh, skip out on work. And, you know, the opportunities available to you to refine your skill set, grow professionally, increase your social network, professional network and all of that. Oh, I forgot to add in on the introverting part just for three seconds. I wanted to piggyback on the introvert extrovert thing. There's lots of us out there that are introverts that seem like we're extroverts. I promise you're going to be fine if you're not a, a people person. You can do it. Uh, the battery drains fast, but you can go back to your room and hide. <laughs> I'll never forget Tra our good friend, Tracy Eldridge. She was in Montana with me at a conference and she, she totally called me out in front of everyone because she's the total extrovert, right? She fills her cup by being amongst the people. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to go over here and hide for the rest of the night. And our first day in Mon Montana was intimate and amazing. And they were exceptional hosts. And um, we spoke all three days. And the first day was very trauma heavy. And we all pounded them with wellness. And at the end, I was like, whoo, I'm going to go back to my room and take care of myself mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. sleep and eat and just do my own thing. And everyone else was like, we're going to go hang out at the bar and eat and socialize and woo conference. And I'm like, see you guys in the morning. <laughs> and like, they're texting me. They're like, but are you okay? And I'm like, I'm excellent, but I don't do this mm -hmm. this way. Like mm -hmm. I have to go plug myself into the wall and like recharge. And then I'll see you in the morning. And so she had brought up at the conference, like there's very different styles of people, right? Like mm -hmm. she's very extroverted and refills her cup by being amongst the people. And I refill my cup by going away from the people. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's so true. And so there's so many different, my point in all that is that there's so many different personalities out there mm -hmm. that teach and speak and are at these conferences. And so don't be discouraged if you're like, oh, I'm really shy and I don't, I'm not an extrovert or I'm not a people person. Cause if you see me and Ryan out on the conference circuit, you would think we're extroverts because we're talkative mm -hmm. and we're socializing only till about seven or so. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Cassie, then the car ride is silent. <laughs> Cassie and I have been together at a conference sitting next to one another. And I'm like, oh, well, it's, uh, it's 7 p.m. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I just got to run to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And like, I vanish. <laughs> and there's been times at conferences where Ryan is pieced out before I am. And I've stayed and partied, hung out, socialized, network longer than him. And then mm. there's times where I'm looking at him going, you have a good time. I'm gone. Or I won't even come out. Like I've shown up, traveled in and he goes out to dinner with everyone. And I'm like, I'm going to just order takeout and I'll be here in my room. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Like, so we're not always in sync, but like, there's been days where I'm like, really, it's only five o'clock. <laughs> and then there's days where he's like, are you sure you don't want dinner? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm freaking done. Like, <laughs> so there's so many <laughs> They're not even for food. Like that's how, yeah. so it just really depends. And so yeah. give yourself a shot if you're interested or curious. My favorite thing about learning and is chasing the curiosity. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's, that's a, this is a good place to, I know mm -hmm. normally at the end of the episode, I um, ask you folks, like, what's the advice you'd give a, someone to consider a career dispatch? But I've already asked you folks that question. Yeah, no, so, that's, that's it, just <laughs> the curiosity. Right? So the, what advice would you give someone who's considering presenting in, um, in one of these spaces, submitting papers, has an idea, hasn't dove into it yet? What advice would you give that person? Mm, so tough. <laughs> I'm going to go with what I said before. I don't, I don't care what your topic is. I don't care what conference it is. I don't care if there's a million people in the room or two people in the room. Mm. Just promise yourself that you're going to do two things. You're going to challenge the way that people think and you're going to touch their hearts. Awesome. And then Cassie, yours was the... Make sure you have an objective, mm -hmm. which Ryan talked about a lot. So have an objective and chase the curiosity. Chase the curiosity. Chase the curiosity. Think I you got like the title it. of this episode. I, I was like, oh, you know, it's on my list now. I, I take little notes and I'm like, I think I like it. Yeah, I like that too. Awesome. You guys, thank you so much for all of your support, all of our bantering, being willing to every time I shoot at you an email, you respond and you haven't put me on the block list yet. And I really <laughs> just appreciate um, all your knowledge, all your experience, and your guys' willingness to be vulnerable um, in this virtual space, in the spaces that you guys go and uh, present at. Um, I know you folks are, you've impacted me in my journey, and I know you guys are continuing continuing to impact other people. So thank you for coming back onto the show and everything that you folks do for me and the Dispatch world. <laughs> Thanks, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be right back with you guys. Ah, all right, everybody. That was another amazing episode of Let's Talk Dispatch. Again, Ryan, Cassie, thank you so much for being willing to jump back on. And if you are listening and you haven't had the chance to experience a conference or if you're thinking about submitting papers, definitely take their advice and give it a try and really tell a story but give a lesson and have an objective when you're doing it. There's a lot of virtual spaces and conferences that are available as well as in-person conferences. 
So make sure to reach out to your department, shoot your shot, submit that request for that training because it isn't just a conference. It is a training session, multiple training sessions. So there is so much value and it is certainly something a department should be willing to invest in. Thank you all so much. Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Stay raspy, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk Dispatch, a Raspy Dispatcher production. If you like the podcast, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review, and of course, tell a friend. If you want to be a guest, head to the raspydispatcher.com and check out our additional resources. Until next time, stay raspy, everybody.